Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Joe Avalos, a retired Orange County Sheriff's Deputy Sergeant. And we're talking to Joe today about what it's like to be a Catholic in the Sheriff's Service in Orange County. So first of all, Joe, welcome. Thank you. And if you would be so kind as to open us up with a brief word of prayer, I think we'd all appreciate it. Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for all the gifts that you have given us and help uh, me, being first time on the radio, be able to articulate and, and help my words go through this and bless these men here today and all the work that they do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And then, of course, the Diocese of Orange has a tradition uh, like most of the dioceses throughout the country, of offering a, a number of different masses uh, on behalf of different service members. And we have for the law enforcement, first responders end of the spectrum, what's called the Blue Mass. And I know that we normally do that in September. So with that in mind, Joe, I'd like to ask you, first of all, you're now retired. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you retired just a couple of years ago. So yes. In fact, it sounds like it was right around the time COVID was starting. It was uh, right in the, probably around the mix of it, yes. All right. Well, I'm glad you made it through that as well. You were in the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Tell me a little bit about uh, how that was for you. What did you do in the Sheriff's Department? I know there's a number of different things that they do. Yes. Um, I've worked a variety of positions. Uh, starting off, we work in custody in the jails. I've worked patrol in the cities, city of Stanton, Villa Park, unincorporated East and Rancho Santa Margarita. So up and down Orange County, uh, I've worked in our civil division. Now, every one of stuff. the sheriff's deputies, mm-hmm. they go through through their training and then they end yes. up doing their first duty is usually at the jail. First duty is usually at the jail. Or the courts. More likely, it's 90% you're going working in the jails. Does everyone eventually go through the jail system, or is that not necessarily? Mostly, yes. However, there's some people who went into courts and are no, are still there today. Wow. Okay. Yes. So how long did you spend um, in the jail system? Roughly, as a deputy, about four years and about three years as a sergeant. Okay. So a long time, actually, uh, Mm -hmm. from that perspective. Why did you stay so long? Because it it seems to me that of all the jobs that a deputy could do, that would have to be some of the most draining. There's a lot of there's a lot of sad stories going on there. Well, there there was taxing. Yeah, there was it was a taxing time. However, um, I was there just for the the attrition of it, uh, the time that it took. I didn't stay there any longer than I needed to. Okay. Um, I pretty much left at the time I was okay. allotted because that's how it works. Okay. You're there for so long, and as people move out of other areas, they plug in other holes. Okay. And so that's how I... So most people start off there, and then it, it's, it's kind of almost, I would assume, 
since most people start off there, mm-hmm. they have a chance to look at you pretty good to make sure that what came mm-hmm. out of the academy is the real deal. Yes. So by the time you actually hit the streets as mm-hmm. a, a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. out in the public, people have looked at all these officers for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So when you first got out on your first gig, so to speak, out on the mm-hmm. streets, what was that like for you? It was uh, a little scary, a little daunting, nervous. You become institutionalized a little bit, too. You're working in the jails. You're, you know what time things are going to happen, courts and meals and, and, not, and bedtime and whatever else that goes along. When you're out on patrol, then you're more subject to the environment, calls for service, accidents, and then weather. And, and then so the unknown was a little uh, nervous. And then being on your own, you you go through training, you have a training officer, but then after training, then you're on your own. So there's a little bit of looking around like, hey, we're, I mean, you can still make phone calls. You still can call for help, but there's a lot of bit where you're alone. You're a Catholic. You've yes. been a Catholic your whole life? Yes. What role has your faith played in your career? And I don't necessarily want to separate it out because I realize that's hard to do. Yeah, very hard. But. I'm wondering how much of your faith got tied up into your your mission. It's really hard to say. It's really hard to pinpoint where one began, the other one took over. It's, I mean, I, I have to attribute a lot of like who I am is to my parents, my personality, the service oriented person that I am, helping, caring, taking now, care of. Now, people. why is that? Who were your parents? What did your parents do? Uh, my my dad is a retired uh, police officer for Santa Ana. So blue runs in your blood. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, my mom, just the loving person that she is, uh, was. She passed away in 2020. Um, my condolences. Thank you. The loving person that she is, just the Catholic faith, the church on Sundays, the the religious education, the, did you go to Catholic school? I did. I went to uh, for elementary school, I, okay. first first through eighth. Wow. Uh, where, where did you go? St. Joseph's Placentia. All right. Very good. Shout out yeah. to, to, to Placentia. Yeah. So, Placentia. so you grew up then as just a Catholic school kid yes. here in Orange County Yes. with loving Catholic parents, mm-hmm. one of whom wore the blue, mm-hmm. and your whole desire was to... Were you always wanting to be a cop? Yes. I thought about other things, but it always just ended up coming back working in law enforcement. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's, there is... How they let you into the academy? There, Why do you want to right? be in the academy? Um, <laughs> what did you tell them? But, I have no idea the, it was all a lie. Uh, <laughs> the service orient, you know, orientation part of it, helping the community. It sounds corny, no, but it's true. It's like the service uh, orientation, the helping, kind of being a part of, of something bigger. I didn't realize the camaraderie, the, the second family that you gain. But I always, you know, gravitated to working or being in positions eventually where I got to kind of help people. And I think that's where I, I kind of felt like I gravitated back to law enforcement. When I looked at other careers or looked at other ideas, I liked, I I just gravitated back into law enforcement. 
So if we're looking at some of the criticisms that have come, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to go into too much of that right now. I want to come back to that at our next segment, really. This was never a, a, I want power. This is never, I want to control people. There's a lot of criticisms that have been thrown at our men in blue. Mm-hmm. And you've never been accused of any of that. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I think for me, like I said, it's just, you know, of course, there's some fun aspects of it, too. I mean, you watch TV shows, you see the police officer taking the bad guy to jail, you know, wrapping up the encase and, and everyone lives happily ever after. There is that uh, romanticism. But not usually in a half an hour. But an not hour. in the <laughs> correct. <laughs> but there is that. So you want to kind of be involved and, and, and know some of the nitty gritties of, of what society goes through. There is a, a personal satisfaction kind of having that front row seat to society. Yeah. But I think when it came throughout my career, it was really never for me about power or being able to control more of like a hell. How can I solve a problem? How can I fix a problem? How can I help people? How can I just undo something that was done maybe in a horrific manner? There are a lot of things that go wrong in our society, and you pursued the ability to get permission to help glue some of the pieces back together. Is that a, a fair yeah. way of looking at it? Yeah. yeah, I like that. So when we're looking at when we're looking at some of the criticisms that have been lobbed at the police departments before, it kind of it, it's it must sound strange to you personally to hear some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that yes. true? Yes. So, kind of curiously, how did, did that strike you when this all began? There's always been kind of a, a simmering out there. I mean, we've had we've mm-hmm. had stuff out there, but in the last few years, we've had this huge uproar uh, of an anti-police mentality. How did that strike you? Is that one of the reasons why you retired? No, I mean, well, how did first? How did it strike me? Yeah. Was it's it's sad. It does kind of... Uh, more sad uh, than, than it, anger? For me, yes. Okay. For me, more sad than anger. I'm not saying anger wasn't there or resentment wasn't there, but probably more sad because there are so many good people out there. There are so many good people out there that just want to help other people. You're talking about there's a lot of All good of cops. God, yes. A lot of, a lot a lot of, good, of good police officers, a lot of good deputy sheriffs, a lot of good park rangers, and anyone who wears the badge who has to sometimes deal in a situation that's not ideal. I mean, you're starting a chess game with like only three pieces and you have to figure out this puzzle and they're already put behind. And there's so where I'm getting at is that it's so sad that there's so many people out there that just want to do away with law enforcement or, or, you know, put law enforcement into some little tiny, you know, box. And and to me, that's sad. Did you have to wear body armor from time to time? Yes. All the time. Every time on patrol. Why did you have to wear body armor? It's hot. So it's it's, uh, just in the, if in the situation I got shot, because you're, you're, you're willing to go into a situation where people might be shooting at you. Yes. Because you represent the law. Yes. And you're doing it anyway. Yes. Wow. And I'm, I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around that, just taking a step back. And it's like, OK, so 
when we are hearing all the criticism of the police out there, I want everyone that's listening to think for a little bit about what you're hearing. We're talking with Joe Avalos, who is a retired Orange County Sheriff's Department sergeant. And we've been talking about some of the motivations that have gone into his career, especially in retrospect of what it's been to be both Catholic and to undergo the times we've been in over these last few years of a great deal of criticism. When we come back, I want to ask you, Joe, a little bit about what the people in your department and how you deal with some of this criticism because it seems to me that as we go into these celebrations of the Blue Mass, and there's reasons why we, we have that honor, and I'm wondering um, how it feels to have both, on one hand, a group of people saying, wow, you're wonderful, thank you, and other people saying, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> And what that's like to deal with. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Joe Avalos. We're going to talk to him about what it's like to be one of the blue lives out there as a Catholic. And we will be right back. Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Joe Avalos, who is a retired Orange County Sheriff's Deputy Sergeant and retired back in 2020, so not that long ago, and has been a cradle Catholic and has undergone several years now of the transitions uh, of both different responsibilities within the Sheriff's Department, but also transitions in our society and what that has meant to him as a cradle Catholic. Joe, we were talking a little bit about your own personal motivations for going into law enforcement, but you're surrounded by a whole bunch of other men in blue. To the extent that you can get inside their head, because you've been around them for quite some time and you Mm -hmm. talked about camaraderie, what's the feeling amongst your your brother police officers about some of the, the blowback that has happened the last few years, some of the intensity? What are you hearing? I think what I'm hearing from my uh, partners and family members. I, we mentioned my dad. Uh, I also have cousins that are in law enforcement as well. Probably, I can't count, count maybe four or five. You guys are the inspiration um, for that TV show out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to say my dad started it all. Okay. My dad's the patriarch. <laughs> and um, myself, my brother-in-law, we've all kind of followed suit. And I think when we have discussions about society, we shake our heads. We we understand that sometimes these sentiments, although the feelings of the other side, I can you know can see that could be real. Their feelings are real. Their anger is real. Their frustration is real. Why that could probably be be a whole other show. But when it comes down to it, is for us, it's it's white noise. For me, anyway, I should say. I'm speak for myself. Okay, well, it's we, white. When noise. we say white noise, for people who may not know the term, it's basically background noise. Correct. Stuff that you kind of just ignore. It's like when ignore you're, it, when it, you're on the freeway. If you roll down your windows, yeah. you just kind of ignore the roar. You just feel the. the and air. it can be it could be annoying. Yeah. It, you know that's why we roll our windows up because it's <laughs> annoying. Uh, it, it can be frustrating and it's sad, but and it comes down to it is I focus on the positive things in my life. The positive people I've had in my career, my family, my faith, 
And I think I just keep going back to that throughout my career. What about the response to some of the incidents that have taken place that were genuinely abusive? We, we have had some on the police end in this country. How does that affect when when you see some police officer really did do a bad thing? Mm-hmm. How does that affect the morale of the group? The morale of the group, it, it shifts, it may change, but I think it, it bounces back to let's get to work. Let's help the public. Let's do the job that we signed to do. I would say the same thing goes about when we've you know had problems within the church. Mm-hmm. We've had our we've own. Had some, we've had some priests who've done some very bad, bad things. things. And but the vast, me, vast majority of priests have not. <laughs> correct. And, and I go back to the same thing about teachers and mm-hmm. coaches and law enforcement. So when there's been legitimately bad things that happened in law enforcement, we brush that person off. We try to brush that that hate, that sentiment off and go back to work. Do the job, answer the calls, follow the law, follow our policy, because when it comes down to it is there are more good, way more good people in their professions than there are than the bad apples. So the problem isn't necessarily with the group itself as a, as a whole, and the problem isn't necessarily with the aggregate of policies, but every once in a while you have a bad apple. Of course, this is just Joe Avalos talking. I, I'm not a, yeah. a, a sociologist or a, even, but just from my own experience. Your eyeballs. How long were you in the sheriff's department? Just shy of 25 years. Okay, 25 years of of observation and, tells you. And I would, there are more good people by tenfold than there are the bad apples. So, in other words, it's if we're looking at the, the call to make changes. What changes do you think could or should be made, if any, in order to combat the issue, just as a a rank-and-file, now retired, so safely able to speak, uh, sheriff's department? Is there a magic bullet, a magic policy, a magic um, solution, or is this, unfortunately, part of the rough-and-tumble of life? I don't know. That's a very good question. And I wish I was probably more in a mindset to answer such a deep question. I would like to say that education for everybody, for the public, if I were, you know, king for the day, I mean, I think giving law enforcement more help, equipment, money, time, because time is money, uh, personnel. They wear a lot of hats. So the solution isn't to reduce the funding for police. That's only going to make less trained, more stressed people. The solution I feel that would way. be more akin toward increasing, enhancing, empowering police to be able to be well-equipped, well-trained, and well-funded. That's how I feel. So when we're looking at the public out there, especially certain groups that focus quite a bit on the bad apples, when they're out there and they're making the noise that you, you call kind of a white noise, nevertheless, you do understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. They, they believe that there 
is a conspiracy. There is um, what do they, what do they call it? The silence of the shield or something like that, where cops are not going to rat on their on their right. own. Is there that? Did you see that happening when you were in? No. I think what it comes down to also in a lot of these situations, there are other groups out there that just want the chaos. I don't know who they are. I don't know. I, I don't. Well, there is again, a political theory a, that there are people, Marxism that there are people when there's people assembling to protest yeah. at which they have every right to do so. There's another group of people that go into that protest to just create chaos. And I think that has been a disservice to people who may have a, who may or may not have a legitimate argument. But now I don't think they're being heard properly because of the chaos. So when we have groups, I know I don't want to get into great detail, but there are groups like Antifa that have gone in. And some of the things that they have historically done have been to create that kind of chaos out of otherwise peaceful protests. You're saying that is part of the problem that needs to be addressed as well. I don't know if that group specifically. I don't know. I can't name groups or whatever, but I have seen people work within which are normally peaceful protests and try to create chaos. Have you have you been at uh, some of these protests yes. out there? And so you know of what you speak. You've seen the yes. the activity going on where hey, there's a group in there that's mm-hmm. not part of the doesn't seem to be part of the original group who seems to be agitating for chaos. Yes. So when we're looking at the criticism that's been lobbed at police officers if I'm hearing you right, a lot of that is unjust, it's opportune, it's not accurate anyway for the emphasis that has been put on it. There are legitimate critiques, criticisms, but the idea that we should defund the police is not helpful. Well, I think it's kind of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, where in any situation, in any organization, uh, if you find a problem, well, let's just get rid of that organization, which isn't necessarily healthy. Okay. And I think a lot of good people get hurt because of it. How has your Catholic faith intervened in this, engaged this? When you're looking at how you you deal with some of that white noise in the background, what does your Catholic faith tell you about it? That Jesus suffered. His suffering was a thousandfold more than mine. That as some guy you know, yelling bad words to me is anything then is like a, a speck of dust of what Christ went through. That it puts things in perspective. That my Catholic faith and in all of my career, I would say, is has always been just the foundation of how I treat people, of who I am. And it's allowed me to have peace. It's allowed me to um, be calm, have a quick prayer or Hail Mary uh, within my mind before I handle a call. Sometimes a few good Hail Marys after calls. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, um, but I, to me, like my Catholic faith has always been a foundation of just, it's not a definitive line. It's de- it's something that's uh, it's always been ingrained in me, so I, it's hard for me to say like this is where my faith, right. this is where my 
work. This is where I, you know, my law enforcement side, my Catholic side, I've always felt like they, the two are so, it's who I am. Even the law enforcement side, it's who I am. It's hard to, to pinpoint. Do you see other members of the Sheriff's Department as being religious? Yes. Because I realize out in the public you're not going to be overt. Mm-hmm. But amongst each other, you guys... Yes, absolutely. See, what comes to me as being so interesting is the envisioning by subgroups the last couple of years of almost a monster force mm-hmm. and the contrasts from what you're describing of, hey, we're just genuine people who want to help, who have been trained in order to provide that help, and it comes from a deep faith to try to bring about a little bit of Christ's peace and love. This isn't about anything that, that's been described. It's about trying to be a servant. Yes. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Joe Avalos, who's retired Orange County Sheriff's Department Sergeant. And we're talking about how Catholic faith has impacted his life. When we come back, I want to explore a little bit with Joe about some of his best memories as a Sheriff's Department um, Sergeant. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove at Christ Cathedral, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Joe Avalos, who is a retired Orange County Sheriff's Department sergeant. And we have been talking with you, Joe, about what it has been like as a Catholic in law enforcement, especially these last few years. And... Some of that, that was a, a very difficult session. We just went through the last section. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. I'm open. sweating a little. I don't well, know if no, that's... but you, you did good. It's, it was honest. And what we were demonstrating is that, you know, as you said during the break, a lot of these people are fathers. These are... These a lot are, of mothers. A lot of mothers who, you know... Families that are beside you in the church. Yes. At my parish, we have um, a, a woman who brings her mother... Apparently, I, I think her husband is non-Catholic, which is why he doesn't show up. She brings her two kids, and they're just darling. They're wonderful kids. One's about three, and one's about six, and they're just one. And it turns out she um, is an FBI agent and packs and is a, a, but a regular parishioner. And it's like, okay, that's the point. We are like you, and you are like us, because you are one of us. Yes, So let's go back for a little bit. You spent 25-ish years Mm -hmm. in the Sheriff's Department. What are some of those memories that you take with you that are, wow, I'm glad I was there for that? That's tough because in law enforcement, we don't get a lot of happy stuff. No. When people call 911 and they want the police. Something bad just happened. Something bad just happened. Either we would say somebody has to go to jail, somebody has to go to the hospital, we're there at at somebody's worst. So when you say that, sometimes maybe a fond of memory is maybe some of the connections I made with people when they were at their worst, that I was able to help them kind of navigate these waters where... How to deal with were, the relationship they behind were, it. <laughs> they were evicted. Yeah. 
I helped them. I've helped people through their evictions. And a young 17-year-old kid had a heart attack on a, on a track. Wow. I was able to get there quick enough, and I helped revive him, me and my partner. We revived him, and, and he got to live on for another seven, eight, nine years. He's now passed away. So he had some mom, sort of a major issue. Yes, yeah, so a major heart issue. His, his mom uh, thanks me profusely. She found me on Facebook and wow. will comment and ask how I'm doing a lot. Uh-huh. But um, so it, it's hard to say, like some but of you, my. You gave back to that mom and to that young man another seven, eight years of life. Yeah. Wow. That's got to feel good once it's over. Yes. <laughs> yes. After the. After the I, uh, stress, I've been on a, and, when I was younger, I, I used to work nights, and mm-hmm. I said I'd be the first on these these solo crashes with beer cans out the window. Yes. And they always had a gash up here for some reason. I think they hit the yeah, steering wheel, this, this, the steering wheel, or okay. something like that. Before but, airbags, I'm but taking once it. once you got everything organized, I was pretty good at that. And then I get <laughs> back in the car, yeah. and then my leg would start to go, mm-hmm. my leg would start to shiver. But it was like during the time the adrenaline's running, everything's good. It's like when it's all over, the letdown comes. Does that happen with you guys as well? Yes, absolutely. Depending on on the call, what it is, depending yeah. on the situation, I think we respond. Things happen, bad things happen, like you said, crashes and you know, shootings and whatnot. And it's all right, get to work. And it's all right. It's like stocking shelves. Yeah. Or we would kind of okay start. Okay, you have your orders. You have your uh, procedures that would go along. As you're working through things. And after you're kind of done working it, uh, sometimes we would go. And I think the joke is, you know, you see, you know, police officers eating, you know, donuts and drinking coffee. Well, first of all, at 2 a.m., there's nothing else open. (laughs) At least back then there wasn't. (laughs) But I think we would actually come together and and have some camaraderie. And breathe again. Breathe again. Yeah. Be able to relax, put down some shields. Yeah. Probably might talk about the call, might talk about how things went. Sometimes it might be just not, but be able to joke around, relax, de-escalate, and calm ourselves down until the next one. Yeah. I have an 87-year-old mother who is in Paris, and she's on a first-name basis with a couple of the firemen and a couple of the Mm -hmm. (laughs) sheriff's department because she falls. We would have those, too. Yes. And they're the friendliest, happiest people. They know where the key is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, but it's it's like, okay, you have those two. Yes. And so you have everything in between. Mm-hmm. Almost a bittersweet way of going through your responsibilities in life. What were some of the things that, that stick with you? Maybe not necessarily for the best of reasons, but... Gosh. You're going to try and make me cry now? Is <laughs> Not make you cry, but w- w- what's hit you that, gosh, you've been you know what, kids, the witness on the scene for kids, this from kids God? Are always, kids are always the worst. Uh, when kids are hurt, uh, that was always the worst. That was always the worst. Uh, I can, you know, rattle off a bunch of yeah. stories. You're which right. are, I'm not or, sure I want to which, go there. <laughs> which are, are, aren't any good. No. no. But when, when kids are hurt, that's always been the worst. That's always been my my darkest I, and it, it's funny because it, it always seems to coincide with when i'm going to have like i remember one easter it was like the couple of days before i had a bad incident with a kid and i'm sitting in easter mass bawling my eyes out yeah other time oh, wow. bad things happen with a kid 
And I'm now around a bunch of friends and community that I have, a support group that I have that make it okay for me to be human. So I, I think we've, you know, we've talked about it earlier is one of the things that has helped me. And I know like other guys have too is having a strong community. So we've talked about that white noise, mm-hmm. that, you know, sentiment where we're bad, you know, officers are bad, defund. I have a large community, not just family, which obviously they have to love me because they're my family. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they also <laughs> in your business a lot of them. <laughs> uh, but I have so many like circles of friends that, you know, what is it like a, a ring? Uh, you know, my inner ring. Yeah, of course, you know, they support me. People would say, of course, your best friend supports you. He's in law enforcement, too. Um, <laughs> but as the rings go out, like everybody that I come in contact with in my personal life have always been very supportive of me and what I've done. So when I've heard those angry sentiments towards law enforcement, I use those people within my life that I can touch, that I could reach out and text any time and just say, that truly care about me. And that is what fuels me. That's what keeps me going. You mentioned that the, having kids have problems is the worst. Do you have kids of your own? Yes, I do. Three. How has that affected you as a father? Well, very appreciative of of who they are and, and where they're at because... Uh, just shout out my my oldest is twenty four. She's a new newly married. Uh, they got married in the church. She married a, a beautiful man. Uh, who, <laughs> I want to high five you, but all right. <laughs> uh, who? Uh, Congratulations, thank you. To you, Dad. <laughs> thank you. I'm very proud. Uh, yeah. She's she's a, a a religion. She just got a job as a religion teacher at Rosary. Ah, so, and my son's twenty two, and he's healthy, and he's going to school, and he's working at Disneyland, and he's. He's got a, you know, and he still goes to church with us. And my daughter is, my youngest is 17, a senior at Rosary. And I think my career has empowered me with knowledge that I talk to my kids. I talk to them. I talk to them incessantly. As you could probably tell, I'm, I struggle for words a lot. I'm kidding. No, you're doing just fine. <laughs> you're doing just fine. Um, <laughs> sometimes they, I think, I think if, if times were different, and I don't know if this is going to be bad, but I think my kids would rather take a beating <laughs> than hear me talk to them incessantly about why things are bad. Yeah. If they made a bad choice, yeah. I would just talk their ears off until they... Do but you I, realize? <laughs> but I tell them the nitty-gritty. Yeah. I would say bluntly, I'm very blunt with my yeah. kids about how life is when my daughter was a a teenager and wanting to go to parties and I tell her no. And I tell her why I tell her why very bluntly. And I paint a very picture where she basically says, "Never mind, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Um, Oh man. So, but it's true. There are some awful things, There are awful things out there. And yet I don't just say no, because I'm your father. You're not doing it. Yeah. But I think that's, I don't know if I answered your question, whether the, the career has affected my... It sounds like it has. It has. And once again, I back that up with, we go to church every Sunday. We we have them go through their sacraments. We yeah. like, and I always use this as an example, like in martial arts, there's always a foundation. There's always a kata. 
a form that you do in order to build upon the rest of your life. And that's what I've always tried to do with them. So in, you know, a, a, a lot of people will look at some of the things that you just described mm-hmm. that sound similar to me and my kids, which are about the same age as yours. And they've called us, called me anyway, overprotective. Mm-hmm. But my kids are growing up pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> And they're not afraid to talk. They're not afraid to be in the world. They're not afraid, yeah. you know, to partake in this world. I think their eyes are just a little more open. Joe, one of the things that you were talking about is just how much support you have amongst your family. What's that been like? You know what? I mentioned my kids earlier, but yeah. I 100% couldn't have done this without my wife. What's her first name? <laughs> Joanne. Joanne. Joanne uh, Avalos. We've been married for 25 years. We got married in at Beatitudes in La Mirada, and she's been my rock, my support, my entire, well, since we started dating, but we got married, and, and I wouldn't be who I am today without her. So, I mean, she's been my support. I mean, being there for the kids, because in law enforcement, you're gone a lot, you know, nights, weekends, holidays. And she's been your and, rock. And she's been my rock, that I could go to work. And not have to worry about the kids or what's going on in life. My parents, her parents and stuff. So, And even in my own personal, you know, I've had health issues. Uh, she's been there for me for those two. You know, I couldn't say enough and that's hard. about her because she's, like I said, she's been my rock. And she's always, every time you go off, even though you're wearing body armor, she's praying that you come home mm-hmm. in one piece. Well, I think she was the happiest person when I retired. I bet. And then my mom the second. So you have had the experience of being able to surround yourself and be surrounded by, to the grace of God, very supportive people, supportive family, and you've instilled that support and honesty into your kids. And if I can add, within that circle, they're not all law enforcement. Right. Of course, I have brothers and I have a brother-in-law and and cousins in law enforcement, but the majority of the people that I hang out with are not in law enforcement. My best friend, he's in, he's in law enforcement, but he's in civilian, he's in CSI stuff. Oh, okay. But I don't uh, circle myself like you see in the movies where, yeah. you know, the guys are drinking beers, and uh, but are all police officers. Yeah. When you have a barbecue, the, the people that come are not all... Correct. They, they haven't just taken off a blue uniform. Yes. A lot of them have yes. taken off a white coat or yes. taken off something else. That, yes. Wow. Well, before we go into the last segment, Joe, I want to pause for a moment and say thank thank you very much for being so honest and open with us. When we come back, I'd, I'd like to continue to explore a little bit about your reactions, and I'd like to get your opinion about where you either think or where you hope uh, the relationship goes between our society and law enforcement. We're talking to Joe Avalos, who's a retired Orange County Sheriff's Department sergeant, and we have been talking about how his Catholic faith has impacted his life uh, for the past uh, 25 years as a as a Sheriff's Department deputy. And when we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit more about where he sees the world going. And you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howard, your host, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Joe Avalos, a retired Orange County Sheriff's Department sergeant. And before we go any further, I want to pause for a moment to make sure I don't forget to thank you so very much for not only spending your your time with us here today, but to do so so honestly and openly. Thank you for having me. And I think it has been a great service to people who are looking at all of the, the discord and, as you put it, noise that's out there. You call it white noise, yes. but for a lot of people, it's not such such background noise. It really is in their in their foreground. Yes, and it has been, I think, very good for people to hear what an average, honest. You're a sergeant, so you've been through the ranks over the years, but you're not part of the administration, really. You're not. You don't have an axe to grind. No, and you're not at open. All. You're being open about what it's been like. And why it is that, look, I'm a Catholic servant, and the way I'm serving is as a, a sheriff's department deputy. But it's about a life of service. So thank yes, you for that. Thank you. And thank you for coming in. I'm kind of curious. We've been talking about what it's been like to go through all the the white noise that's out there, all of the issues that are engaged, all the problems that are there. Where do you see society going from here? Do you think the pendulum swings back? Yes, absolutely. And and. Over my years and even seeing some of what my dad went through because he, I mean, he was in law enforcement in the uh, early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. Okay, the pigs, the fuzz, um, back of the days. Correct. <laughs> Different names, same correct. stuff. Correct, <laughs> correct. And I've seen the pendulum swing. Yeah. I think that comes with education. Okay. I think that comes with, as the dust settles, people have a better understanding of, of how Things actually work and they help. I think with that pendulum swinging, I think what helps, too, is law enforcement's kind of uh, is always been reactive. They try to be proactive. There's proactive policing, but most of it by nature has been reactive. And I think one of the things is helping that I see in law enforcement is that now they're starting to get on social media. They're starting to show kind of the the man behind the curtain. And I even see that they're allowing some of these younger deputies, younger officers, uh, have a little more leeway when it comes to being able to what they post. Back in the beginning, we weren't allowed to talk about being in law enforcement. They didn't want us to to show that we worked in law enforcement on social media now they have officers, police officers and, and sheriff's deputies using their time to help promote their agencies uh, on their personal time and on their work, uh, professional time of what's going on, just the day in the life. And I think that helps. I think that will help society understand that they're human. They have families. They have boyfriends and girlfriends and their own lives and tribulations that and they help people and the calls that they go to they are limited on on what they can post we don't want to you know there's obviously there's there are agencies who get in trouble by <laughs> information getting out i don't want to talk nope. be specific about it but i think uh, agencies have gotten in trouble in the past and in the recent past of um when information gets out before it should but I think that's good to see that law enforcement is allowing their officers to show some humanity to the job. 
it, it's almost as if there was a time when they were trying to paint law enforcement as Nazi stormtroopers. Yes. And that they were all monolithic and they all were had a Nazi mindset and they're all there to oppress you. And if most of law enforcement is like what you've been talking about the last 50 minutes or so, they're just you and I, and they're out there to try to, as the saying says, protect and serve. They're there to try to help make sure that some of the bad things that happen in society are ameliorated just a little bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. And to kind of go back, I, I mean, I, I'd like to say 99.9%. I'm like the officers out there, police officers, firemen, teachers, coaches, people want to do good. Yeah. There are good people out there doing good, grinding every day, punching the clock, doing what they need to do. And unfortunately, people are also painted with the same broad brush of that one person who messes up. And perhaps there's some intentionality to that process for political purposes as well, which in the last few years has become problematic, problematic, <laughs> problematic. You yeah. think some of that is going to to ease up as the next few years roll by? You think the pendulum is swinging? I think the pendulum is swinging. I think that people are understanding that law enforcement is necessary. I think we're seeing definitely a, a lot of reporting on the larger cities that have had difficulty keeping people in, that their crime rates have gone up as they have shrunk their forces or allowed their forces to shrink. And in the areas where they've been able to maintain law enforcement numbers and law enforcement support, the correspondence is that the law, that the, the crime rates have not risen at the same level. All that to say, law enforcement's helpful <laughs> to a society to keep well, it I, on the straight and narrow. Of course, this is just Joe Avalos talking here, too. It's been Joe Avalos for the last 52 <laughs> I know. I just want to make sure that I'm not also trying to step out of my lane. Is I think the people who get hurt when you want to minimize law enforcement are the lower class, yeah. the middle class. Do we, if we have a class system, can we say? Yeah. yeah. Can I say that? Well, I the, mean, the people who are in the socioeconomically so, needy. Correct. Uh, and there's so many. I mean, I I worked in in some of our areas that had the lower economy level. Yeah. So many good people there. So many people happy that I was on their street. Yeah. Enforcing the law. A lot of them were calling me because they were having problems in their neighborhood that they wanted fixed and were happy that I was there doing it. I had people thanking me for pulling them over in their own neighborhood because they knew I was there doing the job. As soon as I realized, oh, hey, you live down the street? All right. No worries. Hey, uh, make sure you make a complete stop next time. (laughs) Um, That's the kind of officer I was. I wasn't yeah. there to give people tickets. I was there to see if bad things were going to happen. But I think there are so many people out there and religion across the board. I mean, we would also talk about God. I had Protestant friends and, and Catholic friends and friends who didn't you know know what they believed in, but believed in something. And we would you know say, I, I'll pray for you. I, I We would support each other and... You know, there, there's just, like I said, I don't know if I can reiterate, it's just 
there are so many good people out there. And I'm so glad that there are people out there now. I mean, I retired. I've handed on the baton. I'm seeing new guys, new guys and gals uh, going into the profession. And I fully 100 support them that I'm so happy that there are people still wanting to do the job. I think we all are. I have several stories that I that are that are of my own that I have as favorite stories. But you mentioned something about oh, you're from the neighborhood. Okay, mm-hmm. I had back when I was a younger man, and I was uh, get, I was late to go to a Bible study that I was leading, and I was in Hemet. I was coming out of there, going on the Ramona Expressway. If you're familiar with that area, mm-hmm. and I got tagged just as I got up to about 50 miles an hour. And it was still within the 35 zone. And so the officer came up to me and he looked in and I said, do you know how fast you're going? I said, I had to be going at least 50. And he kind of gave me a look like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's that? He looked over, you got a Bible over there. I says, yeah, I'm on my way to a Bible study. I was late for, I'm sorry. I said, you know what? You're the first person that's been honest with me all day long. Slow it down. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. But that's the point mm-hmm. is that there are so many that are out there that just want to make sure, okay, everyone, let's stay within our rules and stay with the lay because everything works better when you do. Yes. Well, I think there's a trend now on social media where people are pur- purposefully getting pulled over and being antagonistic to the law enforcement officer for him doing his job. They put themselves in a situation and then they want to see how that officer is going to react. Yeah. So if they're speeding, they don't roll down their window all the way and they want to have a argument of semantics when it comes to, you know, why they got pulled over or whatever. And they're trying to trap that officer. I've seen some good stuff where the officer is like, hey, I'm not going to play your game. You know, this is here's your ticket or not. When I think then it's putting more and more people out there because they want views. They want likes. They they're whatever they get on social media. So yeah, that's that's been tough. I bet it has. Joe, I want to thank you so very much for coming on with us. This has been very enlightening. It's been good to hear the, the police are you and me. The police are yes. families. And I'm so glad that you were able to be here as a Catholic police officer who wanted to give a little bit of, of, um, of background as to how you've seen things. Before we leave, would you mind leading us in a brief word of prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Once again, thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for making new friends here today that I've got to uh, know these gentlemen well and hopefully to continue this uh, friendship. Uh, so thanks again for all the blessings that you've given us. Take care. Help us. Uh, give us strength and blessings what's going on in this world. Uh, bless law enforcement and first responders and all the people that are out there doing your will. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today has been Joe Avalos, a retired Orange County Sheriff's Department sergeant who has been very honest about, about what it's been like to be a Catholic in law enforcement these past couple of decades. If you have liked this broadcast, you can hear it again as a podcast by going to OCCatholic.com. And at OCCatholic.com, you can go to the radio tab where you will find a number of the radio programs that we produce, including this, our flagship show. And you can share it with others as a podcast, and it will be there for you. Once again, I'm Rick Howick, your host. And for all of us at Orange County Catholic Radio, thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.